Welcome to Ken's National Bible Hour, a ministry of Mission Go. I'm Brian Albrecht, the President Emeritus and Director of Kaz National Bible Hour, and we are trying to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And Kaz National Bible Hour is one of our ministries to share the good news of the gospel around the world. Today our text is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This verse teaches that the way to salvation for mankind is not through doing things to try to please God or to help God, but the way of salvation is to believe, to have faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, the scripture says. This verse teaches that the work was done by Jesus Christ on the cross when he died for our sins and he took our place there and paid the penalty for all our sins. And because of that, we can have relationship because we can ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart. God has given us a gift and the gift is the work that Christ did on the cross. And as we receive that gift, as we ask Jesus to come into our heart, then we are redeemed by his precious blood and by the sacrifice he made. And because of that redemption, we have eternal life and we have union with God and we have intimacy with God and we can live for God and we can produce fruit for God. We can live each day for him and he will bless us and use us in a mighty way. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joy departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Do the tears flow down your cheeks and bid and tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Have you sins that to men's eyes are hid and tell it to Jesus alone. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus. For Christ's coming kingdom are you sighing? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus, he is a friend that's well known. You've no other such friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus alone. This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Alan and Tricia Smiley, and they are pastoring a church in Scotland. So how's the ministry going? It's going well, yeah. We, we had one planned thing and then another unplanned God thing came up. So the, the first thing that we came over to do was plant a church. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was about six weeks in and there's a group of people that were connected with us loosely who had a, a small sort of informal meeting. And we realized 
right off the bat that this isn't going to work. And so I had to meet with those group of people and I said, we have three options because we were connected to them before we, we were there. So I felt we needed to really honor the fact that we were commended to, uh, to them. We can't plant a church from our gifts around the group of people that we've got at the moment. Um, either we just really embarrassingly tell everybody and all of our supporters we made a mistake and go back to Canada, or we, we listen to, to the mission. I know you, uh, Brian, was mention, mentioning in our, our office is that you're a missionary to Scotland. And if this doesn't work, and you recognize how difficult the situation was, you, you find a place where God wants you to go. Or three, you allow us to just be like shepherds and go find sheep. And, and, and after a couple of months, we'll see what we have at the end of that. And so in the end of November, 14 people God just brought, and they, they all had sort of leadership experience. None of them were going to church in the last five years regularly, except for one, one of the couple. But God just gave us incredible people who had Christian ministry in the background for counseling. Some had administration. Others were a community nurse who had just become a Christian and got healed from her breast cancer. And she she was just, she witnesses to squirrels. I mean, it's just <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So in that group, I just asked two questions. One, do you think this area needs a new church? And two, uh, what is God saying about that? And I have to let you know, on that Thursday night in our church, Lighthouse Lighthouse Church was really, really born, and we still have the the letters and the, the 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 scriptures and the impressions that people had, and we go back to that to to revisit the vision that gave birth uh, to this little church. Yeah. So now you're having fun preaching the gospel and trying to reach out to the Scottish people. <laughs> fun, yes, a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but I know uh, it's a very difficult field, and uh, each one is a real divine appointment and a real blessing as you yeah, continue yeah. to reach out. So, yeah, I well, the other unplanned thing that happened was was this open heaven network that we ran into, and. Uh, what happened was we just gathered with two other couples. There's a man called Tony Walters. He works in the auto industry. He's a design engineer, so he's able to kind of have a home in our area. He felt really called of God to come as a Christian to be in the area. But after 13 years, he was just discouraged, and nothing was going on, and they were thinking of moving back down south to England. And he got together with his friend of his who ministered in in London who was living in Oban and we got together and we prayed and uh, Trish and I met uh, Ian and and Ross and I can't I can't really say it except it was almost as if we stuck a sword in the ground and we said your kingdom backs up no longer this line is it mm -hmm. and we just want to claim this kingdom and we want to claim the prayers of the saints in Scotland for, for years and years that we will not lose ground anymore but we're going to increase the ground mm -hmm. and at the end of that meeting it was like the ground shook you know we, we see we asked things from like that from God but this was different and, and from that moment uh, Ian and Ross and, and Open said we have a little meeting we're going to do in November um, we're just a little bit of prayer but we're going to have some worship and just just let the people that are there just share whatever is on their hearts. And so that meeting happened in November. I think 35 people showed up. Ian said, could you bring folks down from Gla from, from Malig? We, we'd really love to, to go in. I think something's happening. So we brought about four carloads of, of people from Malig, and um, it was electric. 
It was absolutely electric. One man stood up as, as the room was completely full at this point, and he says, we the people of God of the West. <laughs> and it's, it's broad and the people of God of the West, the, the people of the West is not a Scottish term. That came to birth because of this open heaven, because they fight from, you know, sometimes from village to village. I know Malik and Arisay, where we live, there is no love lost between them. But we the people of the West, claim this territory for you. It was almost as if our prayer was redone with this man standing up. But the rest of the people just felt led to keep doing the chant. So a hundred of Scots people going, we the people of the West. <laughs> it was like a hair was standing. We just needed the bagpipes at this point to go on. <laughs> it was like, wow. So, so from that meeting, and, and I don't have time, but, but at the moment now, what we've had to do, because Malik to Oban's two hours, and the bottom of the Mullah entire to Oban is another two hours. We've created three centers where, where people come to these meetings. And, and literally, where there was no place like this to worship. We've got hundreds of people once a month coming to their locations, letting local leaders uh, sort of lead it, but allowing people to speak out through prayers, through scriptures, sometimes impressions, sometimes just sharing and asking for prayer. But our, the, the meetings have really come to, to seek God's will for our lives, our churches, and our communities. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been really unplanned while you're trying to plant a church to be able to realize we have this openness to 180 miles of the West Coast. It sounds like the Lord's doing a real work in, in Scotland. Yeah. And we always think of that as being a very difficult uh, place. The Scots are sort of stubborn. and are they? <laughs> But it sounds like the Lord's really breaking through and uh, you're sort of like in the beginning of a, a really great work and uh, we'll be continuing to pray for you guys. And thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Lord bless you. Yes. This month we would like to make available a booklet about prayer. Prayer is the answer. Is the title of the booklet for those who request one this month. This is a collection of 30 classic writings on prayer by three men whose writings have inspired Christians for generations. In this classic writing on the need for prayer and the power of prayer, we hear from John Wesley, Andrew Murray, and E.M. Bounds as they understood that prayer can be and should be an essential element of every Christian faith journey. Matthew 7, in verses 7 to 8 says ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. To order your copy, of the booklet Prayer is the Answer, please write to, Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines Ontario L2R7A7, or in the US, Box 2010, Buffalo New York 14231. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is a listener-supported program and we would not be on the air without the support of our listeners. Welcome to Clifton.
Today's message is from Reverend Art Larson as entitled, Last Words for Last Days. Be holy. Printed copies are available upon request. Does life make any sense to you? To many, they're still searching for reality. To some, life is a party. And that means live it up. Get all the gusto you can. You only go around once. And then to others, life is a panic. Fast moving. Everything becomes uh, almost a joke. Everything brings stress. Sometimes it's no joke at all. But people live as though, well, it's a panic. I won't really take any responsibilities. I won't be committed to anything. And then to some, life is a prison. No way out of the problem. Held by habits and circumstances, bitter and resentful. And just like a person behind bars with no way out, people live life every day as though it were a prison. But then to some, life is a pilgrimage. It's just a short time here. This isn't our final home. We're only passing through, looking forward to something better. Now, how do you face life? Do you face it callously, hard, and indifferent with an I-don't-care attitude? Maybe you face it covetously, grasping for everything you can get, no matter what it takes. Or carelessly, eat, drink, and be merry. Or do you face life confidently, with assurance, with aim, with purpose, with absolute security? Now, the Bible teaches us that in the last days, perilous times shall come. We're on a series of messages that Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3, and you can turn there in your Bible if you're in a place where you can open the Bible and look at it while this message is given. And we're calling this Last Words for Last Days because Peter said in 2 Peter 1 that he knew that shortly he would be leaving his body. And so he wanted to stir up God's people, God's redeemed, born again, washed in the blood through faith in Jesus Christ. God's people, he wanted to stir them up by reminding them of things they already knew, but so easily forget. He spoke in 2 Peter chapter 3, five B's. Verse 2, he said, be mindful of the truth, the truth of Scripture, what God has said, and the truth that in the last days there will be scoffers. Verses 1 through 7, and these scoffers will mock and say, where is the promise of his coming? They will willingly be ignorant of the fact that God created the world and the heavens, and that God sent a flood of judgment in the past, and they will not believe that. But someday, when the judgment of God comes by fire, these ungodly people will be destroyed. Be mindful of the truth, Peter says. Then in verses 8 through 10, we saw Peter reminds us, be not ignorant of the time. And as he speaks of the time, he speaks of the time of the promise of the Lord's return and the plan of the Lord, the day of the Lord, which begins with the rapture of the church and concludes with the destruction of this present earth and which there will be new heavens and a new earth. The judgment will take place, and the end of time will come. Then he speaks, as we look at our third in the series of Bs, Second Peter chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. 
He says, seeing then that all these things in this world shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy living and godliness? Be holy in your testimony. Verse 12, looking and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens, and a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness. Be mindful of the truth, verses 1 to 7. Be not ignorant of the time, verses 8 through 10. And now be holy in your testimony, verses 11 through 13. Remember, Peter said that God has given us, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, by which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world that is in the world through lust. Peter's telling us that when we were saved, when you were saved, when you received Christ as your Savior, God gives you all that you need to live a godly, holy life, a life that will bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ who saved you. The reason we have that power is because not only does the Lord Jesus come to live within the life of everyone who receives him, but the Holy Spirit himself comes to live within us and to make the life of Jesus real in us and through us and to bear the fruit of the Lord Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, making us not hypocrites, not those who profess and don't live what we profess, but making us genuine people who live godly, holy, living, that makes an impact on the society in which we are living. Be holy in your testimony in these last days. The first thing about it is love not the world. It says here, seeing then all these things, that is the things in this world, shall be dissolved. Which world are you living for, this one or the world to come, in which a new heavens and new earth, in which dwells righteousness, will prevail, where the Lord Jesus will be honored and glorified and magnified as King of kings and Lord of lords, as every knee bows to him and every tongue confesses that he is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. John wrote, love not this present world system nor the things that are in this world system. For if any man love this world system, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world system is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now listen, and the world is passing away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That's why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, when he said, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? What part has he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, and as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Second Corinthians 7 verse 1. You see, we are to be holy in our testimony. If there was ever a day when God's people need to live right, 
in front of a world that's gone wrong. It is today. And there is one wonderful way in which every day of your life you can be sure to love not the world system, and that is to understand that the Bible teaches the world is passing away. Someday it will be utterly dissolved and destroyed. And I trust that you are not sinking your roots deeply into a world that is passing away, but that you're living for that which is eternal not that which is just related to time, that which is not seen, not merely that which is seen. And that you are not only loving not the world system, but that you are looking for his coming, to be holy in your testimony. For me to be holy in my testimony, I must be looking for his coming. And that's what Peter says in verse 12 of Second Peter 3, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. We are to be looking Around the dial of a clock in a church in Strasbourg, Germany, are these words, One of these hours the Lord is coming. Both the Old and New Testaments are filled with promises of the second coming of Christ. There are 1,845 references to it in the Old Testament. And of the 216 chapters in the entire New Testament, there are 318 references to the second coming of Christ. That is one out of every 30 verses. For every prophecy on the first coming of Christ, there are eight on Christ's second coming. No wonder Jesus said, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh, ready not only for his coming, or ready to die, but ready for anything, ready to give an answer for the hope that's within us, ready to preach the gospel. The Christian should live in a state of constant readiness to live or die, to spend or be spent, ready to die and therefore ready to live, ready to live and therefore ready to die. Paul had only two days on his calendar, today and that day. The Christian who is right and rich and radiant is ready for his coming come what may. We are to love not this world system. We are to be looking for his coming. Did you think, my friend, when you got up this morning, that it might be today? Today he might come? We are to be looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us unto himself, a peculiar, special people of his own, zealous of good works. Love not the world system. Look for his coming and live for his glory. That's what Peter means when he says, seeing all these things should be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy living and godliness? Be holy in your testimony, living for his glory. That's why Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and said, what? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God and you're not your own? You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Oh, I love this little poem by Glenda Fulton Davis. I don't know her, but she certainly reflects what any true believer desires in a godless, dark world that needs the light of the gospel, a decaying world that needs the salt of the gospel in the life of God's people, a world that is going to a Christless eternity in hell leads, needs so desperately the heavenly scent and the heavenly truth of a godly life in its midst. Listen to what she writes. I want to talk like Jesus, words of truth my mouth to speak. 
I want to walk like Jesus, circumspect with holy feet. I want to see like Jesus through the man into the heart. I want to be like Jesus, spirit-filled and set apart. I want to live like Jesus, faithful to my God above. I want to give like Jesus, not of duty, but of love. I want to pray like Jesus, Father, not my will, but thine. I want to stay like Jesus in God's presence all the time. I want to dare like Jesus, speaking out on wrong and sin. I want to care like Jesus, seeking souls to win for him. I want to preach like Jesus, seeing captive souls set free. I want to teach of Jesus, of the blood he shed for me. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit, live the way I want to live. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit, learn the meaning of forgive. Lift me up to things above, that through me all may see Christ and his redeeming love exemplified in me. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. I trust today that your life is one in which you love not this world system. You look for his coming and you live for his glory righteously. You live for his glory in a walk that is holy and befitting of your Christian profession. You are the only Christian most people will ever meet. What an awesome responsibility you have and I have as we make our way through this dark world that someday will be destroyed. Oh, I pray that today God will stir us up just as Peter wanted to stir us up in these last days by reminding us of things we know but so easily forget. Warren Wiersbe has written, when the child of God looks into the word of God and sees the son of God, he or she is changed by the Spirit of God into the image of God for the glory of God. May this be true of your life and my life, the life of every professing Christian across this great continent. May Jesus Christ be magnified and glorified in our bodies, whether by life or by death. It's the only answer to our lost generation. Be mindful of the truth. Be not ignorant of the time. Be holy in your testimony. I know that you enjoyed the message that we just heard. I trust that God will use his word in your life this week. Here at Canada's National Bible Hour, we're really concerned that people that listen to our broadcast have a clear opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their personal savior. You know, the Bible teaches that there's two ways. There's a narrow way and there's a broad way. The broad way leads to destruction, unfortunately, but the narrow way leads to Christ. The problem that man has is the fact that we have a holy God and we are separated from him because we are sinners by act and by our own nature. And so therefore we need a savior. And the savior, of course, is God who became man, who went to the cross after living a sinless life and died there on our behalf. And so the gospel was really John 3:16. for God so loved, he loved the whole world that he gave. He gave us the perfect gift, the Lord Jesus Christ, that whosoever means anyone, everyone could receive Christ as our savior if they wanna have a personal relationship with him. That whosoever believes in him would not perish, go to hell, but have eternal life. That's the gospel. And so every person needs to know Christ personally. And you do that by asking him to come into your life. And you can bow your head and say a simple prayer 
and ask Jesus to come into your life. And the Bible tells us that if you're sincere and if you act in faith, you believe that Christ died for your sins, that you will be saved. Remember to order your copy of the booklet Prayer is the Answer. Please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, on L2R7A7 or in the United States, Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is a listener-supported program and we would not be on the air without the support of our listeners.